0: Well, welcome to uh, National Youth Pastor Preach Day. Um, Last Sunday of the year, that's a joke that many youth pastors tend to feel as the most true thing possible. Um, So anyway, thank you all for for joining on a day where they let the youth pastor get on stage a lot more than what he probably should. Um, So this year, 2020, has not been... Well, what we all may have envisioned it to be may be just a little different, right? We started this year off with a series and with this word that was going to encompass this entire year of identity. So we started off with a series of identity, seeing how our identity is solely focused on Christ, Around the time that series ended, the entire country shut down, and us as pastors were scrambling, trying to figure out what we were supposed to do and how we can move the church forward. Our online platform grew, our social networks grew heavily during this time so that we could further the kingdom of Christ. Our identity changed a little bit in that instance. During those six weeks that we were solely online, and a few weeks after that, we talked about the hope that we can have in Christ, forming our identity around that hope that we have. Then all summer long, we looked at the book of 1 John, seeing how you are either this or you are that. There is no in-between. Where does your identity lie? Then we got to look at the life of Elijah Seeing how with Elijah, man, you he was trusting in God in so many different ways. How are you trusting in God with your identity? How is your identity wrapped around that? Then we got to talk about generosity. Man, some of you, your identity has to do with the ways that you're generous, and I love that. Then we got to talk about the birth of Christ all of these past couple weeks. Man, what better way for us to see how our identity is supposed to be whenever we talk about Jesus solely. So this week, to conclude the odd year of 2020, I want us to go back to the beginning and talk about identity once again. So how do we know who we are? If I ask you the question, who are you, what would your answer be? Who am I? Some of you might describe what you look like. Who am I? For me, I am a six foot tall white male with a beard, right? That would describe who I am. Maybe some of you are or were or will be the ninth grade buff football player, right? Out on the field, ready to go, right? You might answer this question by describing what you do. Who am I? Are you a seventh grade basketball all-star? Maybe you're a businessman. Maybe you're a D-minus student who's really good at skateboarding. <laughs> Maybe you are a mother of two, or you're a grandmother of many. Maybe you're a homeschool student, or you're a homeschool parent. And that's even, tough, even more tough. Maybe you play trumpet in the band. Maybe you do lots of different things. Where does your identity lie? You might even answer this question um, by who you surround yourself with right? Maybe you are on the basketball team, so that's who you are surrounding yourself with. For me, I'm a Summerhill, right? For you, whatever your last name is, you are surrounded by that family. You know, maybe you are identified by the Sunday school class that you go to, the service that you attend, the group that you attend on Wednesday nights. Is that where your identity is found, I think that there are three different ways that we can try to answer the question of who am I? And for each one of these, I have a little bit of a hand motion, and I need all of you to participate with me this morning, all right? So the first one is we decide for ourselves who we will be. So we're pointing at ourselves. We will decide for ourselves who we will be. There's actually a few issues that I find with this one. Maybe you all know the character of Olaf from the critically acclaimed Disney film Frozen. Olaf is a snowman, but he believes that he is a summer creature. He's trying to change his own identity of who he is, being a snowman, and trying to be in the summertime, which, as we all know, would not work, right? He would very much melt, okay? But he thinks that he is able to be in the summertime. If I were to decide that I was really and truly Abraham Lincoln, does that make me Abraham Lincoln? If I were to walk around with a top hat and start my, all my speeches off with fourscore score and seven years ago, would that make me Abraham Lincoln? I don't think so, right? The definition of delusional is a false or faulty belief. Some of us do this. We, we try so hard to believe that we are something and we end up believing that our identity, the question of who am I, can be answered by who we believe that we are. So... I have some of these hats up here. and Some of you might be able to see them. Others, you'll see them whenever I put them on my head. Um, But this hat here, I'm going to call this our school slash work hat. Okay? So whenever I'm at school or I'm at work, whatever, this is the persona that I put on. I am this person here with these people, these specific friends that I have at work. I act like this person. Right? I don't act like myself. I put on a persona of who I really am. Right, But then whenever I go home, I have to take that hat off and put this hat on because at home with my wife, my kids, my mother, my father, whatever, you are somebody different with them. So now whenever you're at home, you got this other personality going on, this other thing happening. right? But, but then whenever you go to church, you have to take your, hat, your home hat off right? Because in the parking lot, you were just screaming at your kids before you came in because they weren't behaving. And you have to put on your good Christian hat, right? Um, And wear that inside because you feel like you have to be such a good little Christian boy or girl as you walk in the doors. But in all reality, we don't expect that of you, right? So now you have all these different hats that you're wearing, but nobody knows who the true you is. Even you might not even know who the true you is because you're over here juggling with all of these different hats because you're trying to please all these different people that are in your life. You aren't Following the identity that God has set before you, you are trying to decide who that is for yourself. If anyone thinks that they are something they are not, they are deceiving themselves. We cannot answer the question, who am I? Because we don't know ourselves completely. So, number one, we decide for ourselves who we are. Right? Number two, number two, we listen to what others have to say. Okay, so our, we decide for ourselves, and we listen to what others have to say, all right? Thank you all for participating. I appreciate it. All right, have you ever heard somebody talking about you, or uh, like, like, not in a bad way, okay, um, but like, you know, trying to describe you and who you are, right? Maybe they're doing that like right in front of somebody, not like your physical self, that's pretty easy, but more of like who you are on the inside. One thing, and I'm sorry if I end up hurting anyone's feelings in this room by saying this, but people always seem to think that I like meat in my green beans. Nope. think that is very gross. Um, if you have made that for me, and I, have, I probably ate it because I was being polite, and I apologize, um, but I, it, it hurts going down whenever I do that, okay? So I like bacon, and I like green beans. Do not like them together. No, no. They do not go together, okay? So Christmas or Thanksgiving long ago at my great-grandmother's house, I was, I was a little kid at that point. Somebody was in there fixing my plate for me, and they were trying to put bacon, green beans on my plate, and my mother stopped them and said, no, you cannot do that. He does not like that. You can't. They're like, oh, then we just won't have this little like, piece of bacon in there, you know, whatever. But I was like, no, he will still taste it. He will still know and won't eat it, okay, guaranteed. Okay, people try that all the time with me. Always saying, oh, no, it's fine. He'll like it. Not necessarily. OK, I'm a pretty easygoing guy, but comes to green beans and bacon, don't, don't mess with them, right? <laughs> um, another way, and my name is Ryan, R-Y-A-N. People always try to change my name to Brian. Pretty, pretty, you know, makes sense, right? I don't know if I can't just pronounce my name right or if people just decide that Brian isn't the right name for me and that I should be Brian. I don't know. Um, whenever I was on camp teams with Ozark a couple summers ago, my, uh, my team, whenever I would be hangry, would call me Brian for my other personality of whenever I was just ready for food, right, instead of Ryan. Um, but this one time, same year as I was on camp teams, I went to Phoenix for a mission trip. And uh, for two of our work days, there was a Starbucks really close by, so during one of our breaks, each day, we went over there to get drinks. Starbucks is notorious for getting names wrong, so I was ready for them to call me Brian instead of Ryan, right? Well, this whole time, sitting there, and they're calling out this name Wyatt, Wyatt, Wyatt. All, and I'm like, who's this Wyatt guy? He's not getting his drink. The rest of my team already has their drinks. I'm sitting there waiting. No, it was my drink sitting up there. I kid you not, they didn't do it just that one day. They did it both days. They called me Wyatt. And I'm like, what, what, what is this? I don't understand, right? So anyway, I learned that in Phoenix, my name is Wyatt, I guess because of my Oklahoma accent, I'm not sure. So anyway, whenever I go to Phoenix, I always know to be listening for Wyatt instead of Ryan nowadays. So um, people try to change who I am all the time. They try to answer that question, who am I for us? But they can't because they don't really know us completely. When people try to answer the question, who am I for us, it doesn't work. For some of you, that is a relief for you because people might answer that we aren't good enough or smart enough or athletic enough or stylish enough for them. For some of you, though, it's terrifying to think that they can't have that because you like having people define who you are, figure out who you really are. You, you want them to do that for the acceptance that, they, that it gives you. We think we are valued because others say that we are. Think about like social media, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, all of those. I know some of you I'm not talking to about that, but others, it's very specific to you um, about some of those, right? We post pictures and videos and send pictures, videos, whatever, to friends each other, and we want that acceptance so bad. Sometimes we actually just sit there and wait for the likes to come in. We want that so badly. You want to be accepted by them so badly, by the likes, comments, and sendbacks that they give you. But it doesn't work when other people try to define who we are because they don't have the authority to say who we are. So if they don't, who does have this authority to define us? It's the third option of how we answer this question of who am I. So the first one is I decide for myself, right? Second one is let others say what they think of me. Number three is we listen to what God has to say for us, okay? So ourselves, others, God. Perfect. All right, here's a pretty awesome quote from Brennan Manning. Define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. Jeremiah 1.5 says this, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. 1 Corinthians 6.19-20, You do not belong to yourself, for God, brought you with, God bought you with a high price. Ephesians 2.10, for you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So who does God say you are? You are his. Because we belong to God, he gets to define who we are. I'm going to say that again. Because we belong to God, he gets to define who we are. Not only did God create us, but he also died for us in our place to ransom us back from sin. We're very much so his. He created you. He knows you. He knows you completely. You are his handiwork, his masterpiece, his creation. You are his child. So who are you? You're his. And try something with you all real fast. Whenever I say who are you? I want you to say, I am his. Okay, you ready? Ready? Who are you? His. Who are you? His. Who are you? His. Who are you? His. Very good. Yes, you are. All right. If you follow the uh, Osage Kids social media at all on Facebook or Instagram, from the 1st of December to the 25th, I was reading a uh, Advent storybook to them. Um, on there. Well, I get to actually continue that today with uh, one of my favorite, all-time favorite children's books called You Are Special by Max Lucado. The Wimmicks were small wooden people. All of the wooden people were carved by a woodworker named Eli. His workshop sat on a hill overlooking their village. Each Wemick was different, some had big noses, others had large eyes, some were tall and others were short, some wore hats, others wore coats, but all were made by the same carver and all lived in the village. And all day, every day, the Wemicks did the same thing, they gave each other stickers each Wemmick had a box of gold star stickers and a box of gray dot stickers. Up and down the street, all over the city, people spent their days sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones, those with smooth wood and fine paint, always got stars. But if the wood was rough or the paint chipped, the Wemmick got dots. The talented ones got stars, too. Some could lift big sticks high above their head or jump over tall boxes. Still others knew big words or could sing pretty songs. Everyone gave them stars. Some women had stars all over them. Every time they got a star, it made them feel so good. It made them want to do, things, do something else and get another star. Others, though, could do little. And they got dots. Punchinello was one of these. He tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around and give him dots. Sometimes when he fell, his wood got scratched, so the people would give him more dots. When, uh, then, when he would try to explain why he fell, he would say something silly, and the Wemmicks would give him more dots. After a while, he had so many dots that he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid he would do something dumb, so, such as uh, forget his hat or step in the water. And then people would give him another dot. In fact, he had so many gray dots that some people would come up and give him one for no reason at all. He deserves lots of dots, the wooden people would agree with one another. He's not a good wooden person. After a while, Punchinello believed them. I'm not a good Wemmick, he would say. The few times he went outside, he hung around other Wemmicks who had a lot of dots. He felt better around them. One day, he met a Wemmick who was unlike any he'd ever met. She had no dots or stars. She was just wooden. Her name was Usia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers. It's just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots, so they would run up and give her a star, but it would fall off. Others would look down on her for having no stars, so they would give her a dot, but it wouldn't stay either. That's the way I want to be, thought Punchinello. I don't want anyone's marks. So he asked this stickerless wimmick how she did it. It's easy, Lucia replied. Every day I go see Eli. Eli? Yes, Eli, the wood carver. I sit in his workshop with him. Why? Why don't you find out for yourself? Go up the hill. He's there. And with that, the women ha- who had no stickers turned and skipped away. But will he want to see me? Punchinello cried out. Lucia didn't hear, so Punchinello went home. He sat near a window and watched the wooden people as they they scurried around, giving each other stars and dots. It's not right, he muttered to himself, and he decided to go see Eli. He walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his tiptoes to see the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arms. Punchinello swallowed hard. I'm not staying here, and he turned to leave. Then he heard his name. Punchinello? The voice was deep and strong. Punchinello stopped. Punchinello, how good to see you. Come. Come. And let me have a look at you. Punchinello turned slowly and looked at the large bearded craftsman. You know my name, the little wimmick asked. Of course I do. I made you. Eli stooped down and picked him up and and set him on the bench. Hmm, the maker spoke thoughtfully as he looked at the gray dots. Looks like you've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't? No, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give stars or dots? They're Wemmicks just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Punchinello. All that matters is what I think, and I think that you are pretty special. Punchinello laughed. Me? Special? Why? I can't walk fast, I can't jump, my paint is peeling. Why do I matter to you? Eli looked at Punchinello, put his hands on those small wooden shoulders and spoke very slowly, because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say. Every day, I've been hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who had no marks," said Punchinello. I know. She told me about you. Why don't the stickers stay on her? The maker spoke softly. Because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love the less you care about their stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. You will, but it will take time. You've got a lot of marks for now. Just come to see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as the women walked out the door, you are special because I made you, and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, a dot fell to the ground. Because we belong to God, he gets to define who we are. Because we belong to God, our identity is found in him and in him alone. One of my favorite lines from this book is when Eli, the wood carver, the creator, says, what they think doesn't matter, Punchinello, all that matters is what I think. You are not your stickers. You are not the gold stars that you are given. You are not the gray dots that you are given. You are a creation. You are God's creation. He knows who you are. So the best place to find your identity is in him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for making us your masterpiece. Father, we are so in awe of you and what you are able to do. Father, may those in this room find their identity solely in you. May they not worry about what others may think of them. May they not even put that onto themselves of figuring out who they are, but know that you are call them your child, and you are calling them to you every day. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray.